Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Should we cave in 
to certain things that we're not interested in. You know, as far as she's concerned, it's nothing but, you know, being nude. But the question ultimately becomes, is it what God wants? Now, I'm not talking about being nude or not, but just taking your stand. Just taking your stand. Are you taking your stand and holding fast to your stand? And and that's the question of the hour. You know, whatever that stance is, are you sticking to that? Because sometimes we actually compromise and we shouldn't. Yeah, you know, we actually fold and we shouldn't. So it's something to think about. You know, when when God leads you to something and you take your stand, make sure you know why. And that's why it's so important that we know why we take a stance. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Understand? No, all jokes aside, it's it's really important that we understand why because that would help us either keep that or allow it to fizzle, you know, allow it or, or we just blatantly stop. A lot of times people waffle because they don't really understand why they're doing something in the first place. So check that out. Check that out. Well, we also did the story of the New York City cop sergeant and his uh, subordinate who started to date and he didn't realize and neither did she realize that when her boss would start to make advances toward her that it would become crazy when she turned him down. Yes, yes, yes. You know, he was really unhappy when she told him that she was pregnant. And he went out on a mission to find out exactly who she was pregnant by. Like it had to be another cop. Well, he ended up being right. So he started making life hell for the two of them. And, you know, another, you know, area of are you going to stand your ground? You know, he kept making advances toward her, despite the fact that he was pregnant, did not um, take no for an answer, really made the two lives a living hell, and finally, they are going to get married. Yes, they had, you know, one had to relocate. They could not work sergeant and, you know, subordinate and date, so... Somebody left the location and went to another one, but she was able to file a sexual harassment lawsuit and won. Yes, she did, to the, to the tune of $225,000. So, hey, you know, this is this is what we get. 
you know. So now he needs to make sure that he stay in his place. Yes. You know, oh, these people make life so hard, so hard, so hard, so unnecessarily. No is no. No is no. You can't force a person to be in a relationship with you if a person does not want you then take the no and move on about your business. Now, can you imagine this? You checked all of the cameras to see who was visiting her. Yes, the the the, the, the traffic light cams. He was doing all of that. And that's how he figured out who was dating her. And you're married? Yo, you are straight out of control. You're straight out of control. So let's get ourselves together because this just clearly shows you that, hey, we can really lose it for no reason. Stick to what you got at home. Oh, my goodness. Well, yesterday was Monday, and it was switch tip with Shanti's time will switch tips 177 stop being sensitive uh, boy you know very good switch tip uh, areas you know of, of sensitivity really really important and one of the things that you know I closed with was you know hey you don't want to be so sensitive that you lose out on what God has for you. And that's what Shanti's talked about. Yes. I mean, fantastic switch tip yesterday. So I encourage you to go back and listen because you definitely want to hear what she has to say about that sensitivity. Okay? All righty. Well, today is. Let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, as Brother Al would say. And uh, we do have some stuff that we're going to talk about. So you better get ready, get ready, get ready. All right? So let's get this party started. Go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that. It's due time with Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. Our lives have changed so much with how we work, how we travel, how we teach our kids, and how we see our friends and family. But what hasn't changed is our need for annual breast exams. During the COVID-19 crisis, we need to ensure that research continues for breast cancer. Research is the reason we can help for a future without breast cancer. Please join Lifetime in supporting the Breast Cancer Research Foundation to help stop breast cancer for life.
morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? I hope you're doing well. You know, it is such a good thing when God wakes you up and introduces you to a brand new day. And I thought we were going to wake up. Mm-mm-mm. I thought I was going to wake up to a bunch of snow. But, uh, you know, we still got some time for their prediction to come true. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in the interim. I hope you told somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. Because we want to share the good news of the gospel. Well, the gospel is good news. We want to send the good news out to everybody. So, what are we talking about today? Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It is going to be a true, let's talk about a Tuesday is I've got some stories, and I would love to hear from you, all right? So come on and chat with me today, because i got some stuff to talk about that might, you know, stimulate some conversation. So today I'm starting off with a mom who responded in a very interesting way to her daughter being a bully. Now, we've seen, you know, this go from something good to something bad. So this response was quite interesting. So we have a woman who... (laughs) Excuse me. She found out that her daughter was actually bullying a classmate. And she says, I always tell my kids that you never know what a person is going through at home and what they have to deal with every day. You are to always be kind to everyone because how you treat someone can impact their mental health in either two ways. And we know what she was referring to because we've seen children as young as five actually commit suicide because they were being bullied. And, you know, when you're a child in school and, you know, it's it's the thing to tease and, um, you know, pick at and make fun of of the children it's fine and you know when you're doing it and then you end up hearing that the child committed suicide you know when you got spare your life to be older i can't even imagine that being on your head i can't i really can't imagine that where somebody is going to you know uh, 
that's going to be in your head. Like somebody is not here right now. I remember when I was in school and, you know, we were just kids and we were playing around and we didn't mean any harm and we didn't mean anything by it. And yet that person killed themselves. So this mom put this on TikTok and she put a video of her daughter walking through the aisles of Target and she put she put on a video your child decided to be a follower and bully another kid today knowing you hate bullies this is how we apologize in our household and it shows a video of her walking the daughter her and her daughter walking through the aisles of Target and then they show them at home and they have put together which is the 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 uh, the child and mom but they showed them the the child I'm sorry putting together this apology gift basket and it has a jewelry making kit a cute little notebook some snacks a face mask, a cute little cat and, and Jack jewelry, a stuffed dog, and an apology card with a handwritten note. And the note says, I'm sorry for being mean to you and talking about your hair. You are a wonderful friend to me, so I apologize for that. So in the back of the card is a gift card to Krispy Kreme and the gift basket gets topped off with a bouquet of flowers and a small smiley face balloon. Now, I thought that this was fantastic. I didn't think it was overdoing it. I, I, as I kept reading more and more, I was like, whoa, that and then that and that. And I, didn't, I never got to the point where I felt like it was, you know, it was overdone. The apology was just overkill. Because how do we know what that felt like to the little girl? What did that feel like to the little girl who she bullied? We're not thinking about that, right? No. Mm-mm-mm. So I thought that the extra was great because what I'm hoping is that all of that stuff came out of her allowance. I'm hoping that all that stuff came from, you know, what she would have gotten. I'm really hoping that. You know why? Because the more that was purchased, the less she would get, and she would feel the overkill. Because mom could have just said, you know what? Let's put a, you know, give her a little bear, give her a little stuffed animal, and apologize, which would have been nice, which still would have been nice. 
But the more she did it, <clears throat> the more could be coming out of her pocket. And from her little, all those little things that she likes to buy. Now, it looks like she's like in elementary school, somewhere maybe around the fourth or the fifth grade. And I think this was perfect. And, you know, some there were some comments. And bullying is one thing. I won't, in all caps, tolerate, love this. Another comment, we need more parents like you. You didn't make excuses for your child's bad choice, but turned it into a learning opportunity for her. And finally, they have one here that was really important. It says, as a girl who grew up getting bullied, this warms my heart. As a kid, I was taught to be quiet and take it. More kids need to be raised like this. Now, can you imagine that? And I wanted to, you know, chat about that for a little bit. You know, do we teach our children to not stand up for themselves? You know, you wonder what kind of parent tells a child, you know, if you're bullied, just just be quiet and take it. And that might come from a parent who, as a child, was suppressed. They couldn't express what they were feeling, so... They didn't know any different or, you know, well, leave them alone, Um, you know, don't respond. Maybe they'll get tired of bullying you. You know, some people actually think like that. And that does not work. No, because as you can see, these children are much different than we are. How many of us can say they were bullied, but yet, you know, you didn't kill yourself? This is what these children are doing now. And, boy, you really see the difference between these children and us. I couldn't even imagine, you know, somebody killing themselves back in the day, you know, from bullying. Because that just wasn't, you know, what you did. So definitely taking it and being quiet is not the route to go because that means that they're internalizing all of this because that's what's happened with quite a few of them that have committed suicide. You know, they have, you know, not said anything. They take, they, 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 they took whatever was going on. They didn't say anything. They were quiet. And now, unfortunately, they're not here. So big ups to this mom, you know, for doing what she did And I'm hoping that this little girl Really understands You know from now What it is to be You know sorry And what it is to apologize Wasn't it a few weeks ago We talked with the ladies And they were talking about the Right the man who Wouldn't apologize Yeah so this is really a nice opportunity to show her what apology what an apology can look like uh, so I really there were several reasons why I really like this several reasons well what else are we talking about okay this was a very 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 alarming story and I give God thanks 
for the children who won't take it and be quiet. Check this story out. So you have this Texas mom who's been arrested after they found that she was torturing her children. And the children kind of, in a sense, fought back, if you will. You know, in their way, they fought back. I, 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 you know, this was bittersweet for me because, you know, it was a horrific story. But I was so proud of these kids. So this 36-year-old woman in Texas has five children. And she, uh, she really was mistreating them. So they're three, six, nine, and ten years old. I don't see the ages of the age of the last child. And the children are the ones telling the story. And they are now in Child Protective Services. And they're telling the story of how mom tortured them on a regular to find her alcohol. They said the kids had scars resembling knife cuts. And two of the children said that the mother used the knife to cut them. And the 10-year-old child told that his mom tried to put the 3-year-old in a hot oven. And he had to physically fight her off to take the child upstairs in order to hide her. Now, the four-year-old was able to tell that he or she also saw the incident. One of the children told the detectives that the mom held a knife to his tongue. He also told the, the, the detectives that she made him drink alcohol but he spit it out. Now, I don't know whether this was rubbing alcohol or drinking alcohol. Let's hope it was drinking alcohol. Uh, but either way, as a child, it, either alcohol could kill you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the children told the investigators that um, she would threaten to kill everyone with a cleaver and that they would hide all the knives so that the mom would not be able to threaten them. Now, why they didn't tell anybody, that's kind of like the puzzling part. I don't know because they're not... I'm, I'm trying to see why um, they even ended up at the house to begin with. But they say that there was a standoff between the mother and SWAT. And they heard her, you know, the neighbors are saying that they heard the SWAT say, come out with your hands up. And she hid in the attic for a while. But then she finally came out. And, um, you know, the neighbors said that there was always some weird stuff going on over there. Um, one of the neighbors said that the kids would always be playing out in the back by themselves with no supervision. But they didn't quite know, you know, the details. And um, they had been there for about a year. 
Oh, boy. And they took all the knives out of the house for evidence, the cops. And uh, she's being charged with six counts of felony, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And she's being held on $600,000 bond. And I still say that, you know, don't give her bond at all. Don't give her anything. You know, when you are this vicious and treacherous and, you know, these kids have these type stories to tell. And that's why I said, thank God, because there are some other children who, you know, wouldn't fight back. These kids fought back. They hid the knives. They took up for their younger siblings. You know, it that's that's like amenish. Amen. You know, where they were willing to fight mom to keep her from putting the baby in the oven. You know, it what oh my gosh. Let me tell you something. This is this goes further than alcohol. This goes much further than being being drunk. Really, this is hatred, this is evil. And these are your children. Oh my gosh. These are your children that you're doing this to. And why don't you just take the kids and give them up. I don't know, y'all. I do not know what in the world goes on in people's heads. I do not know. Let's see. If we got a comment. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, they're commenting. I'm getting some comments on the fact that she's on this side of the fence. Oh, yeah, because they got a nice big picture of her. Nice big picture. And she's looking quite toe up. Quite toe up. But thank God that these children are well. They are not, you know, none of them are dead. So... A lot to give God things for. A lot to give God things for. What else are we talking about here? All right. I got a story. I have an update. You know, I tell you, we're going to be following some stories. Well, remember, I think it was last week or the week before, we talked about four shelters um, having the curfew implemented well they've added another 20 migrant shelters to the curfew list well thank god which we said we couldn't figure out why this wasn't happening already and they confirmed that regular um shelters have they already have this yeah, they say typical city homeless shelters already have curfews. So I can't imagine how you would not implement this, you know, on a bunch of people who ain't got no place to go and nothing to do. So they are saying that the 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew 
is being implemented in 20 more migrant shelters. They say that this would apply to about 3,600 people. So, you know, this would uh, this would definitely shed some light and difference on their behavior ability all at all all day long, all night long. Now you know where this is coming from, right? Of course, all of this migrant crime that's going on, and. Here was the interesting part. Now, they say that from Long Island City, um, migrant shelter that's holding a 1,000 migrants in and of itself, to all across New York City. So they're doing them randomly. And I don't know what is, you know, what's the criteria for you being chosen, but we're not doing this yet so i'm trying to figure out why we don't have we're going to shut this down across the board okay so they brought up the fact that they had the 15 year old venezuelan venezuelan you know immigrant kid who fired um the shot at the cops out in times square shooting the tourist and they're saying that this wave of crime that New York City is experiencing at the hands of these asylum seekers, migrants, as we, you know, more often call them, that this is really pushing. Now, this is what I don't understand why we have to get into these these word games. Let me, let me put it like that. So Kathy Hochul was at a press conference or a news conference on Friday, and she's now rejecting the notion that migrants are the ones who are responsible for the crime wave. Well, I kind of want—I kind of know why nobody wants to take ownership about this because see now. That's what everybody's been complaining anyway, and that's been the one thing that everybody's been talking about. We've talked, we talked about it here a million times. We don't know who we're inheriting, so now you don't want it to seem as though the crime wave is um, because of the migrants. So now you're gonna try to tell everybody that, oh no, it's not you know a part of, no, it's not the main part of the crime wave. We have about 170,000 migrants. That's where we are right about now. We are at approximately 170,000 migrants. 170,000 people. That you know nothing about. And her argument is, well, you know, most of them are looking for a better life. And, you know, this, these are isolated instances. But I'm not going to put it all on the migrants. Well, we, we didn't say it was all of them. We didn't say that the reason why we have crime in New York City 
or in New York is because of the migrants, because crime was here before them. Crime will be here if you shipped all of them up out of here. That's not the issue. What the issue is, is the fact that on top of our crazy New York, literally, you now add 170,000 people that you know nothing about. And unfortunately, anybody from the age of 12 and up can be in the crime statistics. Vivian just did the story the other day about the gangs. They talking about as early, early as 12. Well, we really know that it starts earlier than that. There's been some people that said they were in, uh, um, uh, what do you call those things, gangs, at, at 10. So you know that this can start much earlier because they just talked about the 15-year-olds. And so I'm sorry, you're not, uh, you know, going to try to sell us on this nonsense. All right, so they don't want it to seem as though, you know, it's them that's causing all of the problems and woo, woo, woo. Adams, which who wants to hear from him? He says, you know, well, you know, the greater part of the migrant um, um, society, all they want is the American dream. That's all they come here for. They don't come here to wreak havoc. They don't come here to, you know, cause problems. You know, so, you know. Is that why you didn't left more than half of them without a curfew? Really? So, here's what I thought was interesting in the article. <sighs> it says, many of the migrants in the city fled political and economic turmoil in Central or South America, and they were headed to New York City, which has a unique rule requiring that those who need shelter receive it from the government. This is what it said. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? They fled political and economic turmoil, but they come into New York City and America pretty much because they said if they need shelter, they can get it from the government. And that's why this is so insulting because the people right here couldn't get shelter and they needed it and the government did nothing for them. But y'all that sold these people on this dream. So that's the American dream that Adams is talking about? Goodness gracious. Wow. This is scary. This is why I say you can't go fight no wars because you don't know what they're telling these people. You don't know what the negotiations are. Why do these people feel like this? They're not even saying, well, you know what, they got jobs, blah, blah, blah. They are specifically saying because you can receive shelter. 
they running from political and economic turmoil. Well, we got political and economic turmoil right here. So what you, well, so now that you didn't came here, they didn't gave you 30 and 60 days to be on the inside. And after those 30 and, 30 and 60 days and expired, now you go live out on the street. What happens to that political and economic turmoil that you left? What, what happens to that? Because you didn't just came and met political and economic turmoil. So if you feel that the majority of them are coming over here just to pursue the American dream, why are you putting them on the street? Why are you putting them on the street? Let me tell you something. From last year when they started coming till now, do you know how many buildings could have been erected? Let me tell you something. If you left the migrants right there by themselves with a bunch of building materials, they would have had that building put up in six months. That's all you feed them, give them the, the, the material to build the buildings. They would have had them buildings up. They would have found, they would have made their own homes. So you didn't fall asleep at the wheel, brother, because there's nowhere in the world you should be able to say out of one side of your mouth, oh, they're just trying to pursue the American dream. But yet you're putting them out in the street. So what happens to them coming over here to pursue the American dream and you putting them out in the street? Because you're the one that said they got 30 to 60 days, and you have followed up and followed through on that threat. You have put them out in the street 30 to 60 days after being in this place. They no longer have housing. And if they want housing, you have now made the tent cities for for those, because that's what that, what's that one out? Bennett Field. That's what that one was specifically for. That one was specifically for not the newbies. That was for those who had been in the system already. 30 to 60 days had expired. And they were, because that was the that was the uproar. When they put them on a bus, they told them that they were giving them housing. And they thought that they were going to something like where they came from. But yet, but yet. They ended up going into the tent city. Remember, because they got back on the bus. Remember that. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, "Wow!" When I read this, I was really annoyed. So that's the follow up to uh to that story. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I want to talk about something else before. I go to one of the main stories that I got today. So remember, a couple of weeks ago, I gave the warning that they were giving us about traveling. Remember, they said, be careful. It was the Bahamas. Remember, And it was a tool there, as a matter of fact, because I remember asking Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL about traveling to the Bahamas. Well, remember, I think it was last year they had the um, the the uh, people who went to Mexico to get the to get the um, the uh, what do you call those things like the BBLs, and they ended up being held cap. Um, they were kidnapped. 
So they tell they've been telling us from back then be careful of these countries that we go to for vacation. Well, here's another story, really sad story, really sad story, and I wanted to make sure I brought it to your attention. They say a woman, an American woman, was out in, you know, she was on vacation out in Mexico, and she was killed by crossfire of a drug deal gone bad, from a drug deal gone bad. And they say that just a few days ago, this uh, drug dealer from Belize and this American woman, 44, from L.A., were found dead. They said that the, the guy had some cocaine and some pills as well as some other drugs in his possession when he was killed. And they're saying that he was probably a drug dealer and part of a gang. And because of this drug war that they, or these drug wars that they have been telling us about, she was hit with a straight bullet. And all she was there for was vacationing. They're also bringing up some other tourists that were killed. They were also uh, Americans. And one other German man they're talking about that was killed when they were eating in a restaurant. And some drug dealers started shooting at one another. And they ended up um, being murdered. So really... They're bringing up, hey, that do not travel warning. They are really pushing this, really pushing this, as this one was in Mexico. And like I said, I remember, and they brought up about the cartel members who kidnapped the four American people who went over there for the cosmetic surgery, and two of the Americans were killed. Yeah, so this is bad. This is really really bad you know you really can't travel the way you used to years ago people really you know have in these last few years really taken on traveling i mean yeah because even your neighbors are going to dubai and you know all of these you know countries the ruba and you know especially for what do you call that, spring break. You know, a couple of these countries are really hot spots for spring break, and they are really pushing, you know, not visiting these places. And, you know, that means that the places here in the United States, the domestic spots are going to be crazy, crazy, crazy crowded. Um, but listen... I don't know what's worse. You you go into the to the hot spots here in the United States and they start acting stupid or you go away and they start acting stupid. So I don't know. Pick your you know, 
crazy spot. But I'm really hoping that a lot of this um, this murdering will slow down. Well, I want to talk about two big things today. The bubonic plague. Now, for those of us who don't know what the bubonic plague is, and I say us because I've heard about this since I was a kid, but I thought it was like some, I thought it was some explosion, and from the explosion, you know, all these people ended up dying. Well, it's an infection, they say, that spreads mostly to humans by infected fleas that travel on rodents. And they call it the Black Death because it killed millions of Europeans during the Middle Ages. And they say prevention does not include vaccine, but it involves reducing your exposure to rodents, squirrels, and other animals that may be affected or infected. I'm sorry, not affected, infected. Now, here's the problem why this is coming up now, because they say that they have a case of the human bubonic plague, and they believe that it came from a domestic house cat. So uh, they say the last time they saw saw any, um, what do you call it, signs, of this was like over eight years ago and they haven't seen anything like it and you know see things like this immediately goes to to the cdc yes yes certain so i mean it's like certain things have to they have to do cdc they have to call cdc because when you have to be treated with certain types of what do you call it, antibiotics and things like that only see the cdc has that information the hospitals may not have that information. So when they get certain things, they have to immediately call them so that they can, you know, do what they need to do. And certain things are only treatable in your they're treatable in your region. So what New York has, New Jersey may not have. What New Jersey has, PA may not have. So this is this is something that they had to they have to contact the CDC and then the CDC puts this stuff out there I guess when they want to or not and they say that this woman got it from her pet cat and they they're treating her now in stages because that's the way they have to treat this bubonic plague and they say that they are you know we it's very important that we know the symptoms so they say in humans two to eight days after exposure to an infected animal or flea is when you will begin to see symptoms of fever nausea weakness chills muscle aches and visibly swollen lymph nodes, okay? They say if it's not diagnosed early enough, it can lead to a bloodstream infection 
and a lung infection and can sometimes, most times, lead to death. So they say to avoid this bubonic plague that they say spreads to humans or animals through a bite from an infected flea. They say avoid contact with rodents or fleas. Keep your pets on a leash. They say if possible, and I don't know how this is even, this doesn't even make sense to me, but they say if possible, discourage your pet cats from hunting rodents. And they say if your cat becomes sick, after contact with any rodents, contact your vet. They say do not camp, sleep, or rest near areas where dead rodents are observed. Definitely do not feed squirrels, chipmunks, or wild rodents. So something that we used to hear of years ago is making its way back into our world. All right. So let's chat with our pastors, see what they are talking about today. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well. How are you doing? Doing well. Well, blessed with the Lord. (laughs) Amen and amen. So, Pastor Jeff, I don't know when you stepped into the conversation, but I'm going to go back a little bit. So you have this mom who... Her daughter was found um, bullying a classmate, and she's about in the third or the fourth grade. I don't think I'm looking again. She doesn't look like she's quite as old as the fifth grade, but she's about the fourth grade. That's where she looks. Um, and she responded by taking her daughter to Target, and then they showed her at home building what they call an apology basket. Now, this apology gift basket has a jewelry-making kit. They say a cute notebook, some snacks, a face mask, cute cat and jack jewelry, a stuffed dog, and an apology card with a handwritten note that reads, I'm sorry for being mean to you and talking about your hair. You are a wonderful friend to me, so I apologize for that. On top of that, Pastor Jeff, they have a gift card to Krispy Kreme and a bouquet of flowers with a smiley face balloon. What do you think about that response? Do you think it was perfect? Overkill, not enough. What's your thought? And and she took it to Target. And what what was the apology about again? Because that 
and catch that. She was bullying. She she found she was told that her okay. daughter okay, was bullying a fellow yes. a fellow classmate, and clearly it says something about yes. she was bullying her about her hair. Yeah. Well, I think it was uh, <laughs> to me it was been overkill. I was just okay. you know tell the girl sorry. You know that that have been me. You know sorry. Okay. You know let's move let's move on. But I guess in the times that we're living in now, and you got, you know, these folks coming in, shooting, shooting everything up, you know, the mama might have felt like, listen, you bully somebody, I don't want you dead, let's try to, you know, really make sure this person is okay, you know, about, you know, your bullying, or, you know, really forgiving you, we got to make sure. Mama might have been real scared, you know, judging the times now. Cause you know, you even got women women coming in shooting shooting stuff up now. You know. Okay, okay. So, if it were your child, it would have just been an apology. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No I'm sorry. All right. You know, don't do that mess. Don't do that mess no more, folks. Be killing folks. You better stop that. You know, so I was <laughs> said, folks be killing. Okay, okay. All right, so I would be interested in hearing what your fellow peoples have to say. Um, let's see what else. We've got just a couple of short stories because, what, okay, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff, what, do you, what did you know about the bubonic plague? We grew up at the, you know, in, at the same, uh, during the same time. What what do you remember hearing about the bubonic plague? That it killed a lot of people and it was devastating. You know, didn't know how people caught it, but you know, I heard about it in school growing up. You know, wiped out a lot of people. Okay, okay, but you didn't know the details of what it was, right? No, I didn't. Okay, okay. Neither did I. They're they didn't all, talk all about the details. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I, that's what I was getting ready to ask you. What do you think about now, you know, this is like from a flea. It says from everywhere I looked, said the same thing. It says that the bubonic plague is spread mostly to humans by an infected flea. That's why, I, you know, I got a little, uh, what do you call, one of them rodents in my house my daughter has, a guinea pig. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go up there and throw that thing out out in the snow right now. <laughs> All right. You know, well, that's just check the only me. animal, and there's no other animal, so hopefully no fleas in my house, you know. Okay, okay. Well, the good part about it is she would probably notice if the uh, if it started acting a little differently, because it would definitely uh, show signs of. But you know, it's like you said, you know, something that you're handling and and stuff like that. You know, this is like really, and that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it because, you know, this is something like you said. You know, what what's the other thing? Rubella is back on the, you know, on the list. 
Um, they had what's polio. They found some cases of polio. Like so, like yeah. you said, all this stuff yeah. is 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 finding its way back. Um, and it's concerning. It's concerning. Very, very concerning. I, 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 I think it also might be spiritual. But it's amazing. You know, I pray mm-hmm. God's covering over my family and everything. Now I gotta be like, Lord, mm-hmm. I need you to keep your angels encamped about and keep the fleas. Mm-hmm. I agree I agree I agree we have to really stay before the Lord because we don't know what's happening how it's happening how it's traveling and there's nothing we could do about it because these little things we can't even see we don't even notice and you know last week there was a huge fly I'm like, yo, it's close to zero degrees. How is this fly even around here? So it's this is we gotta watch out for this stuff. Gotta watch out for this stuff. Oh my goodness. Thank you for joining us. Pastor Jeff will be back to talk a little bit about some other stuff. Let's say good morning to our Pastor K L. Good morning, Pastor K L. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well. I am well. I am well. Thank you. I am well. Pastor KL, now you heard about the little girl who was made to apologize, and they put together this elaborate uh, gift basket. Do you think it was just enough, not enough, or overkill? Well, okay, so I'll answer it by asking this question. Who paid for this stuff? Did the mother pay for it or did it come out of the child, child's allowance? See, because if that's I paid what for I it, said earlier. Yeah, if, if, if I paid for it, then, then no one has learned the lesson. You, you, you know, know so what? I, <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the, the child hasn't no, learned the right. lesson. You're right. I, if, if I have to you're pay right. for it, then, then, then I'm the one who paid for your stupidity, you know, and for your nonsense. Now, if I paid for all this, then I would have been taking 20 or $40 out of your behind because you would have got beat first, and then you would have seen why I have to pay for all this stuff because of the choices you make. But if I just went over there to try to do a kumbaya and try to make it all smooth over, then you're going to do it again next week because Mama got enough money to do this again. No, thank you. All right. So here's my theory, and it's just my theory, and this is what I said earlier when I gave the the, uh, the story the first time. It appears to me that, and I could be wrong, I could be 100% wrong, but it appears to me that mom loaded up this gift basket and she, the daughter going to pay for it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm get, you doing, oh, this is part of the punishment. I'm not, it doesn't seem like this mom is loading this bag up or this, this gift basket up to come out of her pocket. It seems more, well, as a mother, it seems more that we're going to load this up because, see, you went shopping for this stuff. So, see, that's why I'm thinking that it wasn't like mom brought home all this stuff and said, here, put this basket together. You were in Target. They showed her in Target walking up and down the aisle of Target, the toy aisle. So what it appears to be, Pastor KL, is mom is saying, oh, you know what? <laughs> this is We could have been shopping for you, but we shopping for your apology instead. So having said that, 
And if that's what actually happened, do you think it was just enough, not enough, or overkill? This came out the little kids' allowance. I, I, I still think it wasn't enough. It wasn't or it was? It, it wasn't. Spare the ride. I mean, it, spare the rides for the child. Future got beat. Oh, okay. Okay. All righty. Bubonic plague. Did you hear about this when you were growing up? Yes, I have. What did you know about it? I just knew it was a disease. I, I, I surely didn't think it was from a flea. Otherwise, I'd have had no animals that, that, I, that I grew up with. Yeah, because, I mean, I've dealt with fleas as well. So I didn't, I didn't know it was from a flea. Yeah, yeah. I don't think most of us in our age group really understood what it was. I think all we knew is that this was just this this plague that and that happened and a whole bunch of people died. And, but I don't think we were really taught the details. And it's been it's three of us on here now, and uh, none of us know. I don't, know, think, I don't, I don't you know, think our parents. I don't think our parents took it that serious, to be honest with you. You know, there, there, there's okay. a lot of stuff that, that that has happened, and they say we have and all we could have. And, you know, not to, to me, and this is just to me, not until COVID hit or HIV hit, did we really take any disease that serious because we, it wasn't in our backyard, so to speak. I think I, I would agree with you because when we – when we talked about uh, COVID, the what's the Spanish something um, that happened many many years ago? That happened, and they said that killed like it was like a COVID type um, thing, and it killed up these, you know, all these, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and you know, they, you know, they really didn't know anything about that either. So I, 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 I tend to agree with. You know, they didn't know much about this stuff either. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we got some other stuff to talk about, but let's hit up your girl, Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All right. As a millennial... Do you think this extravagant gift basket, if you will, was just enough, not enough, or too much? With the way these kids are now, I would say that wasn't enough. It should have possibly been to where she had to deliver that basket to the student she was teasing with her hair now messed up. And these kids are cool. These kids are so cool. They were cool when I was a kid. And it is drastically worse. And a lot of it has to do with um, sometimes, you know, they, they see other kids doing it um, or, you know, they're doing it on their own. But it's, the, the teasing isn't really what it was before either. Like, it's, like the hundredth power, so no, it should be where now you go to school with your hair not done, and you deliver this basket that you paid for, 
and then we'll see, you know, how you act after that. Mm. Okay, okay. You know, I think one of the things we need to focus on is who these children are now. You know, years ago, Mm -hmm. even with you, we never heard suicide. Yeah, I I read an an article the other day where there was a, a, a kid, I think she was 12, and she, they had bullied her. Somehow or another, she... Something was wrong with her leg. I, I I couldn't get this story. Even reading it two times, it just didn't make sense to me. And this just goes to show you how drastic this stuff is, um, uh, the three of you I'm talking to and to our listeners. They videotaped. She had an accident or something, like, an, like a typical accident. And they videotaped, and then they put it out on social media. And... Somehow or another, it ended up being like a second layer of, of a video. It was really weird because I couldn't really get this, this concept of, of what really happened. Well, all I know is it was put out on something was put out on video because they showed a picture of her extending her leg with whatever bruises were on her leg. I think she hurt herself in school, and there was some bruising on her leg. And I could have this story all wrong because I'm reading a million stories. But anyway, they showed this video of her, a picture of her, this video of this bruise on her leg, and subsequently, after the teasing, she ended up killing herself. Now, that, that, that's mm. all I do know is, in my personal opinion, that was overkill. That was to kill yourself mm. for that. But again, I can't speak for what a per- another person feels. You follow what I'm saying? I can't say, mm-hmm. well, you know, get over it, you know, because you, you know, the bullying shouldn't have been that much. But in, in, you know, in our era, you didn't kill yourself because you were bullied, and because this went out on video, this is what was devastating enough to her. So this is what we need to think about when 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 we hear bullying going on. Unfortunately, we don't know. These kids are not the kids of yesterday. They are so far from being us. It's like, yo, y'all are the five-year-old who killed herself because she was being bullied and never told her mother. And it's like, what do you at five five years old know about taking your life? What what is that in your brain? So you know, it's it's it, this is drastic. This bullying is a lot more drastic than we 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 think. It's more drastic for them than it is for us. And mm-hmm. you know, is, this is, is the it, stuff okay. that. Is, is it really Pastor Steph? Because I, the way I'm looking at it, yeah, these kids are different. They have different privileges like cell phones and stuff like that. But but are the children different or are the parents different? Because it seems like if a five-year-old, a five-year-old now, can kill himself without talking to their mother, there's a disconnect somewhere. You know, I used to tell my mother everything at five years old. I didn't start hiding stuff from my mother until I became 16 in my personal problems. So, I mean, at a five-year-old age, is, is the child different? Because it's the same children. We just raised them different. You know, we, we wasn't our children's friends, but yet we had a connection that they knew, listen, if I call my daddy, my daddy going to beat up your daddy. My mama going to, you know, it, it, was, it was certain things. 
now it is that my mama don't really care. You know, daddy ain't around, so mama got to work 50 jobs, so she ain't home anyway. So I got to deal with this thing alone. So my question would be, is the children different or is the parents parenting different? When children, when babies are having babies, they can't teach nothing. Well, I have to be honest with you, whether I'm, I, okay, so let me, let me say it like this. Let me respond like this. When I say the children are different, am I really saying, you know, the, it's the parent-child dynamic? That, that, that's ultimately what it is. I agree with you. If, but Because my, my thing is at five years old, we didn't know nothing about no committing suicide. I couldn't even imagine that at five years old. So whether it's the parent, quote-unquote, whether it's the child, quote-unquote, however the, the terminology that's used, something's wrong now. So whether it's because we say all the time it's a breakdown of the parents too. You know, we talk about how the parents don't want the kids to even have church. Years ago, if the parents, they could have been as wicked as the day is long. They're going to send you to church. They may never go to the church, but they're going to send you to the church. There, I agree with you. There is a breakdown. So I'm terming it, the children are different, but whether, the, whether it lies with the children or the parent, I think this is a perfect example, Pastor KL, as to whether it's the children or the parent. Because this parent is like, okay, so whether it's I'm doing this because I need the kumbaya because I don't want my, I don't want this, y'all to respond a certain way to my kid or whether I'm going to do this and make my child ultimately pay for it. However the semantics go, there's some breakdown here. So, you know, maybe you're terming it a little better than I am. Are you following what I'm saying? The, the, prob, the problem is it, that the parents are different. We are not putting the fear of God in our household. Because I grew up, and there were times I thought about killing myself, all right, as a child, with, you know, the stuff I was going through, but I kept thinking about if I kill myself, I'm going to hell. <laughs> and and I don't want to go to hell. So that's the thing I can't do. We don't preach God in our, in our homes no more. We don't, we don't put that fear in the children. And so then killing themselves seemed like an easy way out of any problem to the slightest little thing. You know, oh, it's just too painful. I'm out of here. But if, if I know I'm, I'm going to a worse place, you know, I, I, I ain't going to do it. You know, not, not, not only that, you know how many times my father told me, you know, push my head through the wall? That alone scared <laughs> me. That alone scared me. Why would I want to kill myself? You going to push me through a wall. I, I, I'm just thinking killing myself got to be worse than that. No, uh-uh. Well, I do, I do remember, um, Pastor Jeff, that, you know, you would think, if I do this, I'm going to hell. Maybe not killing yourself, but I do remember that was a fear. You know, oh, they said, well, if you do this, you're going to hell. And I agree. You know, that, that's not a concern for these kids because, again, that's why I said it, it doesn't even matter to you. You don't even give your child an opportunity to hear any of this stuff because that's all you knew. And you are going to uh, make sure that your child don't, 
you know, here. And that's what they don't realize is that's what saved a whole lot of children, a whole lot of young people, a whole lot of adults. So, you know, I have to agree with both of you. You know, I have to agree with both of you. Where the breakdown is, I'm just terming, terming it differently than what you're saying. But the, the kids don't understand a lot of what the way we thought back, you know, back in the day because they don't have the options that we have. They put more into sneakers and this and that where we were forced to wear the sneakers and the – I, I saw a picture of me in a pair of checkered pants, and I said, "Those were." I remember those being my favorite pants, and I said to myself, "Oh my gosh, this was my favorite pair of pants." These kids would be, they would jump out of a window before they would put them pants on these days. At my three, <laughs> oh, I find them hung somewhere. Oh, they 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 they, they would give me hell. They would give me literal. Nobody would leave the house for school if I offered them those clothing. <laughs> so you know, it, it it really it really is a difference, you know, <laughs> in the way they you know the way we're raising them now. So I don't know, but I, I did very good points, gentlemen, um, made. And this is this is the scary part. This is the scary part of us raising of us raising children. All right, I got I got a story that I think all of us have been listening to, and I definitely wanted to talk about this um, because the responses were amazing, amazing. So we've probably all heard that there was a shooting at Joel Osteen's church, mm-hmm. and. They say a woman who, in her 30s, she took her child, here we go, took the child, (laughs) who was five, with her to the church. And they had at the church two off-duty officers. Now, further reading, I found that they actually have off-duty cops in the church. I didn't know that. Um, and we talked about that before, too, so that was interesting. They had, these, they had off-duty cops at the church. So um, they were actually responsible for responding to her. So they said when she got in the church, somehow she had some trench coat on. She ended up, and they keep saying this long gun. She had this long gun. And maybe you gentlemen can help me understand what that is. She also threatened that she had a bomb, but at the end of the day, they did not find any explosives. But they did find, like, like wires and, and stuff on her person in her bag. She started shooting, and they said that it was in between services. So they said he was still greeting people who had left the one service they were preparing for their Spanish speaking service when she arrived and ended up shooting the little boy was um, injured and (laughs) this has been a huge huge story 
huge story. So they, I kept reading, and they said she had an AR-15 rifle. Uh, she walked in undetected by most people. They said there was a, 50, a 57-year-old man who ended up being shot in the leg. They said her AR-15 um, gun had a Palestine sticker on it, and this is really sticking out to them because they're trying to figure out whether this was political or not. They said she also had, like I said, those uh, wires or something. They said that they had somebody had seen her before. So it's not the first time she's been around. They said that she's used other aliases, such as Jeffrey Escalante. Okay? So the name that they had at first was a female named Janice Moreno. And they said that when they did the research, they found out that she had been using another name. She had a long mental health history that had been documented. She had gone through some uh, custody battle with the child's father. They say in 2010... This um, individual was arrested for forgery, marijuana possession, and evading arrest. A uh, year earlier was accused of assaulting a public servant and later pled guilty to a lesser assault charge that she's from El Salvador and worked in real estate. I'm giving you all this information so you can have as much as you can when you make your statements. They say that uh, let me see. Mm-mm-mm. I want to make sure I want to make sure I got everything. Mm. So of course now the officers are placed on administrative duty despite the fact that you know this was quote unquote warranted. Um, Osteen says he doesn't understand why it happened and they're doing more and more research. They're saying now that they don't know if this is a transgender individual because of the two different names. And when they do the research, at one point, they were identified as a male, and now they're being identified as a female. So they're going to do the research on that. So the responses were amazing. And I want you all to respond to what people are saying because I think this is really important for us to respond to. Okay. Let me see. All right. 
So, Joel Osteen is one of the wealthiest and most popular pastors and prosperity gospel preachers. Is, is it really a church, a place of God, or a money-making facility? Someone else said, that sentence got me too. They are obviously not doing enough charitable work with all that money and tax exempt. <sighs> I'm just numb at this point. Churches, schools, malls, neighborhoods, stores, movies, airports, and even the comfort of your own home isn't safe anymore. Someone else said, I would think that church of that magnitude would have a strong security force, especially with so many unvetted people coming in from countries where this type of thing is more common. And Joel Osteen could care less that his people were protected. Another person, he may be one of the wealthiest, but I disagree he's one of the most popular, sending thoughts and prayers. I wondered when someone would go after him. Remember the hurricane, and he didn't want people in his fine church messed up. These mega churches take people's money and enrich themselves. Another response, fake pastors, fake sermons, fake churches, mega churches, and similarly fake evangelicals. Another response, that church flooded during Harvey. Where would he have housed them? Uh, someone else wrote, when I think of Joel Osteen, religion doesn't come to mind. Another statement, remember to send Joel as much money as you possibly can to help cover the repairs from any damages the shooter may have caused. Someone else, I thought that Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple. Wonder what he'd do with the wealthiest pastor in the country. So the point of me reading all of these statements is because I think I read you one statement maybe two, that had anything to do with the actual shooting. The fact that someone walked up into a church and, you know, just arbitrarily started shooting. The fact that this person had a five-year-old, took the five-year-old with them in the church. Um, the danger of you know, this, of course, we ain't going to have no mags in church or for them to come to church. But there was almost no comments. And I mean, there's a, in this one particular article, there were 1,000 comments. And I just read and read and read, and all the people talked about was Joel Osteen, who he was, the church, mega churches, if the church is fake, what is that about, Pastor Jeff? Hateration. <laughs> they, his money is overshadowing even the tragedy that took place, you know, with all this drama, because that's an extra step. Some transvestite uh, type per transgender type person come up in there with a kid and start shooting, you know, and, and all of that. And look, his wealth overshadows it. That's the focus. 
And, you know, they they hating on, on on the man's money, his prosperity, and you know, and that's that's people's focus. Look, 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 they care more about that than they care about what just happened and why it happened. You know, because I, you know, I want to know what's going on. It looked like this she, Palestine stuff going on, and then transgender stuff going on, and you want to take take it out on the on the church, or was it was a suicide by 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 church folk, she came up in there intending to die, you know, and wanted to kill herself. I don't, you know, that that have been my focus. But you know, the world is more focused on money. That's like even the justice system. You do a financial crime, you you know, you you get fifty years, and you can kill somebody and get out in ten or fifteen. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Pastor K.O., what is that about? 95% of the comments were about the pastor, the church, the fact that they take up tithes, the fact that the church is fake. What is, with this tragedy, why is the focus, in your opinion, someplace else? And in this particular area. You know, that that was my exact question as you were reading that. I was like, when no one says, you know, we're, we're praying for the family of the people who got killed or who got hurt. I mean, that that was there was no comments about that. It's, it's almost like you blame this man, you know, for what happened, as if you set it up yourself. I mean, what, what was he to do? Surely you know, he didn't want his members to be killed or shot, you know, and, and we just took it. You know, they just need someone to blame. You know, this is what I realized. The people on the outside, you know, they always come in after the church anyway. That's why it says don't let your good be evil spoken of. You know, they always come in after us as if we've done something to set this up. You know, so I, I don't understand. P- people just want to have something to say. These are the same folks who won't go to a church, whether, whether he's a grand pastor, mediocre pastor, or a low-budget pastor. They're not going to church. They're not seeking who God is. You know, they just have to have something to say. You know, the, the, the devil is doing his job. You know, he's seeking who he may devour. You know, if I can get you on my side to go out and tell the world, to compel the world that there's no God, and then we shouldn't go, go in these churches because there's no God, and look what's happening in these churches because there's no God, then the devil's winning. Okay. Okay. Shantice, why do you think the attention is more on, you know, Joel Osteen and the church at large opposed to the tragedy that's just taken place. Because Joel Osteen makes it about him and not about the body of Christ, which is the church. He makes it more about selling things and how much money he can get than making it about God and Jesus and salvation because I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole security thing. And the more you implement certain things, the more you help to divert the people's attention. I'm I'm wondering how you expect me to focus on your message and I see two men guarding you at the pulpit as if we're in a secular setting. 
And that's why the attention is on him and what he's presenting and how he's presenting himself. It's unfortunate, you know, because I could easily, you know, see myself commenting and including, you know, a little of everything in the comment with leading with, you know, that's a you know, tragedy and definitely praying for the survivors, praying for the family of whoever lost someone. But unfortunately, because it is, it is you, you are making it about money. So now this is all that people are focused on. Somebody could have went in there, threw a bomb in the air, and walked out, and wherever the bomb landed, it landed. But because this is the tone that you're setting, this is the imagery that you're putting in everyone's mind, whether it's people who are there or people who are seeing this or reading about it. This is all that's sticking out because of what you are presenting. Okay, okay. Interesting comment. Pastor Jeff, what do you think about security in the church? Well, nowadays I think it is very needed. I mean, look what's happening. You know, you you sitting up in church with anxiety, wondering if somebody's going to walk in and start shooting. And I've been in church all my life, and I've seen so much. I mean, you know, people walked in to kill my grandfather, you know, right up on the pulpit, you know. And I happened to be an officer at the time, sitting on the pulpit. And we had a couple of, uh, uh, you know, women that were gangsters in the church, and they had their stuff in their purse, and, and we, I remember us tackling the guy, you know, to keep him from killing my grandfather. This was, you know, 30-something years ago. You know, like, it's, it's you know, it's needed. Uh, you know, people say, oh, it's distracting, but nowadays it's needed. I mean, I know you could say, oh, well, we're going to believe by faith, but I didn't see folks walk in and try to hurt folks, you know. Guy wanted to kill his wife one time. You know, for cheating and all kind of stuff. You need it. You need security. Anytime you got a gathering of people, you know, you need security. That first natural, then spiritual. You know what I'm saying? I get, I'm covered by the blood and the whole nine, but guess what? You know, if, if somebody coming there shooting, you know, I you know, I feel a little better if there's some guns to shoot back. Okay, okay. Uh, Pastor KL, should there be security in the church? Well, I, I think nowadays it's better to be covered by the blood than covered in the blood. You know, um, so so you know, but back back in the days, you know, I used to go to nothing but storefront churches. There was no mega churches for me, and at offering time, back then, locked the door. So so even even in the olden days, we was conscious on whether somebody would come and try to rob the church. We we, we knew it could happen. You know. These days, they're just doing it. It's like it's like their job. You know, I'm going out on a Sunday, on Sunday morning about 12, 12.30, you're going to be calling. And don't don't have one of those pastors who calls, you know, a money line. You know, I see 10 people in here with $1,000, someone to the front. The, 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 the man with the gun is watching the 10 people, and he's hoping after the ninth person, a 10th person is coming. So he's counting the money before he even goes into place. Yeah, I, I think at, at that point, you need security. Okay, okay. There, Shantice is already weighed in, so I'm not coming back to her. But they, they, there's a the, the next set of um, responses. Like again, very few responses of 
we feel sorry for what happened. We're praying for, you know, the church, Joel's Dean families, the very little of that. Trust me when I tell you, very little of that. That and I want to get your opinion on this. They, the next question was they were upset because the question in the article was or the the phrasing was we don't know with the Palestine or Palestinian sticker, we don't know if this was political or we don't know if this was a mental issue. So some people ask, well, does it matter? And other people said it was clear as to which one it was. Pastor Jeff, does it matter? And is it clear which one it was? To me, it's clear that it was mental. You know, I mean, first of all, was that person Palestinian? What, what nationality was that person? You know, did they oh, say? Hispanic, Hispanic, Hispanic. Okay, so clear day it was mental. They, you know, these crazy folks watch the news and everything else, and and something clicks with them. You know, and that was straight mental. They didn't care about no Palestinians. They didn't care. You know, you know, they're just crazy. That, that's how clear it was for me. That was a crazy person. That's why we need security because all this mental illness going on. I mean, these folks is crazy. They're taking up causes just because they brain clicked into it. And you know, I I've dealt with a lot of you know mentally you know deranged people, and that's what they do. So something to grab them and they become obsessive with it. You know, I, I, I had a girl come to my church one time and, you know, I said something about the giant that took all you know, that made babies with the humans and 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 she was she started that Nephilim, that word clicked in her head and she wouldn't stop saying it and, and next you know she became obsessed with Nephilim. You know mm, I mean that's that mental wow. stuff, man. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Pastor KL, does it matter whether it, you know, uh, uh, whether it was Palestinian uh, uh, based or a mental illness issue? And is it clear to you which one it was? Well, no, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, what the reason was, the reason was wrong. And for me, it's not clear to me. You know, I mean, because even, even if, if you're Palestinian or if you have a mental Ill- illness, both of them has a mental illness. Because if you're killing for your God, that's still a mental illness. You know, so, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, definitely not clear, but it shouldn't matter. This should not have happened. Okay, okay. Shantice, you know, the, the next, uh, mo- the most common uh, comments, unfortunately, that beat out the prayers for, for all of the the church and blah blah blah, was, you know, whether it was Palestine or mental illness, and whether it mattered or not. What's your take on it? I don't think it mattered at all. You know, if you if that information ended up coming out, then nothing should. Of superseded 
you know, like, oh, my goodness. Like, if you're asking that because it's like, okay, well, you know, well, what kind of, you know, congregation was this? You know, did he feel like he was wrong or she or whoever? But as far as the ethnic background and all that, what does that matter? Someone walked in a church with a gun and started shooting. If they were mixed with 15 different nationalities, would, would that change what happened? No. But, uh, but because the church don't care about the church, why am I going to care about the church? I'm going to look at this like I look at anything else. And that, that's how it, it's presented now. Church isn't presented as something that is high priority. It's presented as something that's on the same level as everything else. Okay, okay. I would like you all to speak to, speak directly to those who say, you know what, this is church, um, this is Joel Osteen's, um, I'm trying to find one of the, um, one of the, uh, one of the comments I want to mm. Okay I'm going to read I'm going to read some of the Some other responses Osteen worships only one thing The almighty dollar That was the response Okay Texas legend When the weather dips below freezing If you listen closely You can hear Joe Osteen Locking the doors To his church Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, You do have a very sad tragedy for those involved So you did get one of those squeezed in Osteen worships at the altar of the dollars Osteen is legally well represented by his own law firm Of Dewey, Cheatham, and Ho Mm, H-O-W-E, that's how they put that don't miss the word wealthiest in the description of the pastor. Someone else wrote, probably an investor that lost all her money on his cause. So again, I scroll down and, you know, past what I read you before, and this is still the tone of the responses. Pastor Jeff, how what would you like to say to those who that's where their focus went um, at the response of such a tragedy? Speak to them directly as a pastor. I'd like to say that's going to keep you out of heaven, your focus on the next man's wealth. And though I'm not that much of a fan of, Pastor Osteen, I I have to defend him in the fact that I have never seen him preach against the gospel. Now, granted, he won't preach hellfire and brimstone, but what he preaches is truth. And you got to understand, Osteen got to understand that with great blessings like that, the Lord has blessed him, there's going to come great criticism, you know, because even at the level that I'm at, you know, and I'm on I'm on the bottom of the ladder, 
you know, when it comes to Osteen with, with, with my finances, but the little bit of things people see me with, they all say, oh, he got that from preaching. And I ain't hardly, in my life hardly made a dime from preaching. But that's going to be people's focus, and that focus is going to keep you out of, out of heaven because you're so focused there worrying about the next man's money and worry about how he got his money and worry about whether he's scamming folks and, and you ain't living right. But the drug dealer can turn around and make as much money killing you with his, with his drugs, and you, you, you ain't going to say that much to him. And, the, you know, and all these retail people selling you overpriced stuff and ripping you off, and you're not going to say nothing to them, you know, so all of that makes me upset because you're, we know where your focus is. You want an excuse not to serve the Lord. Why don't you serve the Lord and see how the Lord might bless you? That's, that's my response. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Shantice. What would you like to say to those who commented like this? <sighs> Be the change agent. Start the, the trend of learning how to focus on the important things. My niece, my nine-year-old niece, she gave me the, the term that they use in school where they're learning how to identify the important parts of a story and a scenario. I forgot what it's called. But do that. Do that. If you don't have a nine-year-old child, go find a nine-year-old child and let them tell you what it is. But learn how to focus on what's really important. Be the change agent so now those you're around and those you speak to, and maybe even the one who brought you the story, if you didn't hear it directly for yourself at first, you can now help their mindset to focus on what's really important because either way, they were in the house of God and someone got hurt. So let this be the point where you're now able to be within those comments on social media and help to redirect, assist God with redirecting everyone's mind to where it should be. All right. Amen. Pastor KL, what would you like to say to those who comment like this, because that's the overwhelming response to such a tragedy. Well, first of all, I would like to say, just be careful. You know, it says, touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. You may not agree with the man of God. However, you didn't call him. And if God called him, then, then let God deal with him. You know, we, we put ourselves in a position where we can't grow no further or we can't go no further because of the, of the, of the tongue that we have put on people that we dislike. You know, th this whole thing had nothing to do with the pastor per se. You know, it, it, it was innocent people who was following Christ, you know, who went to church to get a word, you know, who went to church to, to be delivered, to be healed, who was going through something that particular day and wanted a release from something. And instead of, of you caring about that individual, you're more concerned of the pastor and his downfall. Now you, you just fell down because instead of you had, you had an opportunity, God gave you an opportunity right now to uplift. But instead of doing that, you fell with everyone else. So are you not just as bad as the pastor you, you call him to be? So we have to be careful. You know, we, we, we have to move forward. We have to, as, as Shanti says, we, we, we have to see the things for what they are. And we have to be the change. 
You know, every church has an issue. Why? Because we walked into it. And because each one of us has an issue, the church has an issue. Now help us, help you get over your issue. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for those uh, words of encouragement um, and guidance. And we give God thanks for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. All right, amen. God bless you too, Pastor Jeff. Amen. All righty. Let's do this. Let's do this. Take a moment to just go before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you with a word of thanks. Thank you for being so kind as to wake it, wake us up this morning. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you covered us in our sleep and you woke us up in our right frame of mind today, dear God. Lord, we thank you that you helped us to keep you as the first thing on our mind, God. Thank you, God, for investing in us just one more time, dear Heavenly Father. We lift up um, Joe Osteen's church, dear Heavenly Father, and all the church, the church as a whole, dear Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we ask you to just touch upon your people, God, that we would stand loud and strong and proud and just work diligently in your kingdom, dear Heavenly Father, to help Ah, set these people free, Lord, who don't care anything about you. Lord, the ones who are mentally ill, dear Heavenly Father, the ones who are troubled, dear Heavenly Father, the ones who are upset, and we don't understand where their anger or or discontent or displeasure lies, dear Heavenly Father. God, we may not ever understand. We know you do. And we just ask you to help us put the words in our mouth, put the words in our heart, put the words in our spirit so that we can help to lead and redirect your people, God. Let us stand up and be the examples that we are the light of this world. And we are not so preoccupied with so many other things that we forget why you even have us here, that we don't forget that we're chosen so that we can lead your people, that we are chosen so we can be the example setters, as Shanti said, that we can help to be the change agent in in what they see here on earth, God, and that you would do the work on the inside, but that they would look around and that's all they're able to see. It's a changing world for the better. We thank you, God, for choosing us. We thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light, God. And we pray that we get up every day that you call our name with a determination to help to set the next man free. That we would wake up with that determination, God, to be the best we could be for our neighbor, God. That we would invest in one another the way you invest in us, God, that we would not grow weary in well-doing, dear Heavenly Father, that we would not help the unbeliever become an accuser of the brethren, dear Heavenly Father, but that we would just work diligently in your vineyard to see 
the next man be set free. In the precious name of Jesus, we give you the glory and honor today. Amen. Ah, uh, you know, it's their job to smash us. Do you realize that? That's what they do. That's what the enemy does. The enemy makes it his business to make us look bad in the eyes of man. That's his job. That's what he does. You know, from the beginning, he did it. He was able to just to draw other angels on his side, going against God. That's the way he's always been. And, you know, uh, uh, Pastor KL and Pastor Jeff, you know, they reworded what I was saying um, today, better wording, in, you know, what we do for our children. The blame is on us. These children come here very innocently, and they don't have any direction. They don't know. They don't understand. But what do we do? You know, it, it, it's it's amazing the war that now exists against our parents, the war that exists against our grandparents and our uncles and our aunts and our neighbors, the resentment that exists because somebody made me go to church. And I'm not, they are determined, I'm not going to send my child to church or take my child to church because that's, you know, I, I, I didn't like when it was done for me and I didn't have a choice. And what they don't realize is that was the best decision our parents ever made. The best decision. You know, people take so much time in in in, in moving, relocating. They would re- relocate their entire family for economic purpose, you know, or or concern of the economy. So, you know, living down south is better than living in New York. And they would do all this research and find out the best place to live. And they would relocate their whole family because they want their children to go to the best schools, you know. Well, why are you living over here? Oh, because, you know, they have better schools. I've seen people travel all across the the, the, the city of New York because they were looking for better schools. So they would take their children from one borough straight out to the next because it was a better school system. People move for all kinds of reasons, but ask them to go to church. People move for all kinds of reasons, but they would never move for a church. Do you know how many people I know had a church home And for whatever the reason is, they relocated, and they don't go to church now. And I'm like, well, what? Oh, I can't find a church. So you went and found a house. You went and found the school. You are doing all this research as to where the kids going to go to college, and you putting out all these applications, but you didn't take time for something that was so important to you 
and now it didn't even matter? It didn't even matter that you didn't have a church? So when you went there and surveyed the land, you wanted to see where all the shopping malls were and how close the supermarket was and all this stuff, but you never considered that there wasn't a church that's how low God is on the totem pole. And I'm talking about people who were, they were, I mean, you couldn't find them not in a church before they moved. And now they got to have church online or, or, or now they got to link up with a Zoom or now they got to watch T.D. Jakes or Joe Osteen or who, you know, or Jamal Bryant because they cannot find a physical church that they like. So why didn't you make the trips to the church before you actually got up and moved? So all these other things were more important than church. And I just scratched my head. So my question is, well, how important was God really when you were where you originally were from? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm just wondering. Because I, 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 I can't, I can't figure it out. I, w- I could never move if I couldn't find a church home. I don't want to go somewhere and now I'm bouncing around from church to church. No, I need to be the same way. Because you're not gonna go and 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 bounce around from school to school. You're not gonna go around and bounce around from from a uh, 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 work to work place. You're gonna go and you're gonna have a solid place. To take for that your children are going to go to every day, and like I say, even in college, you finding that place, you doing that research, which college is going to be the best, but you never considered doing the same for church, and I really scratch my head. I'm like, wow. So how much does God really mean? How much does church really mean? When that didn't even become the the priority, so let's let's make sure we do our checks and balances properly. Where when God looks at us, He can say, "I'm pleased with the decisions that you make." Let God make those decisions as to where you relocate, so that He remains number one on the totem pole. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, because they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Duke Time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please don't miss this opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. Oh, please be careful as we are anticipating some really bad weather. And God spares tomorrow. We will meet again for Wow Wednesday. Until then, I love you.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.